Welcome, Nexus Church family, online to our series we've titled Infinitely More. Now, over the course of this seven weeks, we have been taking a look at a very powerful passage where we get this title from. That is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And I will read it for you, and then we'll get into today's message. Paul writes in this passage, Now all glory to God, here it is, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And so throughout this series, we're going to discover God's ultimate plan for you and for me and how that comes through the Spirit-filled life. And, And my hope and my prayer for you is that you not only encounter the power of God in your life, but that you allow it to use you to do infinitely more than what you could ever imagine because God has chosen you to spread His good news that Jesus came to change the world, to give us access to the Father. And so we hope that this encourages you in the next few weeks as we gather together. If you want more information about our church, Nexus Church, here in Thief River Falls, you can go online to nexuschurchmn.com or you can go to our Facebook page, Nexus Church MN, and search for us there. We are praying for you that God continues to work mightily in you. Enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, online to our final message in our series, Infinitely More. Over the course of this last six weeks, we've been investigating what exactly is the Holy Spirit. You see, everything goes back to God's intent. As we examined the very first week, God's ultimate intent was to have a relationship with you. And so he sent Jesus to live a perfect life, to, to step into that place where, where you could once again be reestablished in your relationship to him. Because we have a free will and we choose to not line up with his ways, we needed somebody who would take our place and live a life that we could not live and take our punishment that we should receive for living an impure life in God's eyes. And so Jesus came and he did that. But here's the beautiful thing. God doesn't just want to restore a relationship someday when we get to be with him in heaven. He wants to have a relationship with you today. He wants you to live a full, infinite life on earth as in heaven. And so he gave you the Holy Spirit. And over the course of the last few weeks, we've examined Who exactly is that Holy Spirit? And today we come down to to our final message. And and I want to, in the end, point you to an easy, applicable way that you can 
allow the Holy Spirit to come alive in your life today. And so we want to begin today by simply examining, going back to the Old Testament and working our way up to the day of Pentecost and examine how is it that this Holy Spirit plays out in our life. And so we begin, and we could go back even further than this, but we're going to begin in Joel 2, 28 and 29. Now leading up to this, we see in the Old Testament, God using people in instances, right? We know that the Holy Spirit was with God in creation. His Spirit hovered over the the depths of the earth. And then we see throughout scriptures times where the Holy Spirit would come and fill the people. But it was a short-lived, very brief thing that never fully came to what it should have been. And so then we have this, this interesting passage in Joel 2, 28 and 29, where God is speaking through this, this prophet, this man of God, who is speaking for God, and he says some interesting things that at the time, they were very confusing, but on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, it made full sense. And so let's read that together. Joel 2, verse 28, and afterward, that's after Jesus comes and lives his perfect life and goes to be with the Father, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. He spoke of a time when God would send his Holy Spirit. Jesus clarifies this a little bit to his disciples throughout his ministry. In one particular instance, uh, we read this a, a few weeks ago and again last week. And Jesus said, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus promised the same thing that Joel prophesied hundreds of years earlier, that the Holy Spirit was going to come. And he was going to do a mighty work in and through people. And then in particular, as, as, as Jesus was leaving his disciples, he told them very specifically that they were to wait. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, as he was about to go to heaven, listen to what Jesus said to his followers. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just like he promised just as my father promised in Joel 2.28. But then he goes further. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and you and fills you with power from heaven. The Holy Spirit was promised and they needed to listen and stay in the city because the Holy Spirit, they would know when the Holy Spirit fills them because they would have power. You see, the Holy Spirit was given so that you would have power. There's no doubt when the Holy Spirit fills you because you experience a power that you never had before. It it gives you the ability to do things you, you never would imagine. Break addictions. Speak with with wisdom. 
be a light to those who are in darkness. The Holy Spirit does infinitely more inside than you could ever imagine. Now, Jesus would speak this again as we turn from the Gospels then to the book of Acts. And now, the interesting thing is Luke writes the book of Acts, so what, what he pens in Luke at, at the final closing moments in the book of Luke in chapter 24, he then again says one more time, kind of as a, if you will, a recap of what just happened in his Gospels. Now he's writing in this kind of present tense story as he's going through in the life of this new church that was about to begin. He starts this, this new book and he writes these final words of Jesus again, but in a different way. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, in the city that we're in right now, in Judea, beyond the city walls into the rest of the countryside. But then he goes further into Samaria, the enemy territory, and then to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit gives power to be light in this dark world, to speak the truth with power. So Jesus continued to promise this. The, the Bible is, is full of, of this waiting, this expectation that something was going to happen. And then the day finally arrived. 50 days after Jesus rose from the grave, he spent another 40 days with his disciples, and then they needed to wait those 10 days. What if they only waited eight days? What if they waited nine days? And they said, I don't know what he was talking about, but it hasn't happened. He said we would know. Maybe it happened and we missed it, but they continued on. They trusted Jesus. Why? Because Jesus remained faithful. He never broke a promise. They may have been confused and misunderstood him at times, but in the end, everything was cleared up when Jesus went to be with the Father and ascended to heaven. And so the day finally arrived, and, and I'm going to read this passage so that we can understand what the day of Pentecost was all about. You see, in, in tradition, the day of Pentecost was a day of celebration. It was 50 days after the Passover when, when they celebrated their, the Israel's was, was in slavery to Egypt. And then they, 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 they celebrate on the day of Passover that God freed them from the land of Egypt and from slavery. And so then 50 days after that was this, this Pentecost, 50 days after a celebration. And so all the Israelites were together in Jerusalem celebrating this day of, 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 of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. And, and they're all gathered together. And these, these disciples were, were meeting in this room together. And so then on the day of Pentecost, verse 1 of chapter 2 of the book of Acts, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like 
roaring of mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. Now, it's, uh, it's important to understand here that this wasn't some, some misunderstood language. It was of a different dialect, right? This initial speaking of tongues is, is a little different than what we read in the rest of the New Testament. This was a particular, God was giving them as Jewish people, the ability to speak in another language. For instance, if I was all of a sudden one day walking along and then the Holy Spirit came in and filled me and I started speaking in German, right? And now I already know German, so that wouldn't quite equate. But the point remains, they were speaking in a way that they never had the ability before. Goes on and says in verse 5, at that time... There were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own language being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These are people from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Cretans, Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own language about the wonderful things God has done. Can you imagine? All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit fills you, and you start speaking in a different language, particularly about Jesus. And the people hear it, and they're like, this, this is this is crazy. How are they speaking in a language they don't know? And, and, and they're specifically speaking of Jesus. It was just blowing their mind. They stood there amazed and perplexed. How can this, what can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, they're just drunk, that's all. What, other, what else do you say, right? And then Peter stepped forward. The man who just 50 plus days earlier denied knowing Jesus. The man who, out of fear, cut a guy's ear off. A guy who, in the midst of a raging storm after walking out and trusting Jesus to, to hold him up in the storm, would start doubting and sinking. The same man had the power of the Holy Spirit fill him, and he spoke up. And he shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some people are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on the servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will 
caused wonders in the heavens above and the signs on earth below, blood and fire, clouds and smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn to blood even before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everything that Jesus promised that God had been preparing since the day he created the earth and the Holy Spirit was with him there and Jesus was with him there. God in his great might and wisdom was preparing for the day when Jesus would come and give us access to the Father someday when we pass from this earth to be in heaven. But he didn't want that alone. That wasn't enough. God wanted to give us power today. He wanted to give you power for today. And so he promised that there would be a greater day when he would send his Holy Spirit to empower us to do exactly what he called us to do, to be his witness, to make him famous, to help every single person who hears our voice know about the good news that Jesus saves, that Jesus gives us access to the Father to be in heaven. And so that day came, and Peter, in his, in his spirit-filled being, proclaimed this amazing good news with that power of the Holy Spirit. And, and we read in just a few verses later in verse 41, those who accepted this message when they heard it were baptized, about 3,000 were added to the number that day. 3,000 from a mere gathering. Maybe there was a, a few hundred of followers of Jesus at that time. I mean, you, you, you multiply by two and a half in one instant because that's the power of the Holy Spirit. When, when it comes and fills you and empowers you to do infinitely more than you could ever imagine or think. To be a witness. The Holy Spirit was given for other reasons as well. The second reason, not just to give you power to be a witness, the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. So the, the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost to empower us to be a witness. But then it also gives us the spiritual gifts to be the church. And, and I could go into this and, and make this a really long message about, about what is the church. But let, let me just briefly tell you today that the church is a group of people. It is a family there's a reason why every time you turn on one of our messages, you hear, Welcome Nexus Church Family, or Welcome Nexus Church Family Online. Why? Because I believe the church is a family. It's a unit. I look at it this way. Each person in this world is a unique individual. We have our own set of DNA that separates us from anybody else. 
Likewise, the church is a body of people with a unique DNA made up of a group of people that have differences, unique gifts and talents and personalities that create this unique group of people, this family that will never be duplicated ever again. There's not a single church in this world that is alike. Yes, we have similarities in, in how we function and, and what we are called to do as followers of Jesus, but we are unique because the Spirit of God gives each of us unique gifts and abilities that He doesn't give anybody else. And so each church is created with unique personalities and unique spiritual gifts that you won't find the same combination anywhere else. We, we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11, where Paul, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, writes for God, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message from knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another interpretation of tongues. All are the work of one in the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. You see, the Holy Spirit is given for us to have an infinite life that is empowered together under Jesus to do a great work, uniquely fit for each church family. We all have a part. You have a part. Even if you're not part of a church, God has called you to a group, a family of God, where you can add your unique DNA to the ultimate church family DNA that creates this power that without you, it won't be the same. The Holy Spirit was given. And when you receive that gift, when you receive the Holy Spirit, God gives you that ability to add a beautiful part to his church. Now, now Paul gives some little pieces of what some of those gifts were in that passage. We read other passages in, in Romans and elsewhere in Corinthians where, where, where it's really laid out. What are those gifts? And we don't have time to get into that today, but I want to tell you there is plenty of resources out there for you to investigate what that is for you, what your part is. And don't get too caught up in it. Don't get too lost in it. I think even right now as I'm speaking, I bet God can put in your spirit exactly what that would be for you, what your gift is that you could offer the family of God. It's not for you. It's for his kingdom. And I encourage you to use your gift because without your gift, it's, it's like part of the body is missing. It needs you. It needs a healthy you. Because when we come together, oh man, we, we reflect Jesus. That's what the church was called to do, to reflect Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit has given us all gifts to be used to reflect just a piece of who Jesus is to the world. And it's not to, to, to make some big scene. 
We're not called to be some TV preacher that everybody knows about or everybody bows down to. That's not what the Holy Spirit was given to do. Listen to what Paul says in just one verse previous to the chapter we just read in in chapter 12, verse 7. Paul says, a spiritual gift is given to each one so we can help each other. See, the day of Pentecost was about empowering Christians to bring people to Jesus through serving, through loving, through caring. We're called to live an infinite life of of really pushing people closer, one step closer to Jesus of walking alongside them and, and just being there with them, showing them, pointing them, directing them to Jesus. That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit was given for you and for me. We have a job to do, to deliver this good news and whatever gift you've been given. This reminds me of a story that I read of a, of a mailman who was kind of under some heat. You see, he had purchased a, a storage unit where for $49 a month, he, he would dump the remainder of his letters that he could not deliver in a day. See, at the end of the day, he would always be left with a, with a handful of packages that he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to deliver. And so instead of facing the, the consequences of not getting his job done, he would hide his leftovers for another day. And over the course of time, he ended up having over 5,000 pieces of mail that each day would just add up over time. And rather than facing the reality that he wasn't fit for the job, he just kept hiding. Kept hiding these deliveries he was supposed to make. I mean, we're talking first-class mail. We're talking IRS or DMV, the tax returns. You name it, they were all stored in this locker. And when he was asked why, he just told the authorities he intended to deliver them, but just simply couldn't. Just simply couldn't. I, I hear that all the time from Christians. I, I just simply can't do it. I, I don't have the ability. I know that I'm supposed to tell people about Jesus. And we read in 2 Corinthians 5.20 that we are Christ's ambassadors and that God is making his appeal through us and that we speak for Christ, Right? We know that we are to proclaim this good news about Jesus. We know that, that we have gifts that we are to use for the kingdom of God. And we make these excuses. I just can't do it. I can't. I just don't have the energy. I don't, I don't have the time. Let me tell you today, you don't have to do this on your own. It is the Holy Spirit. That's been given for you. I will empower you. 
Now, I want to make a very clear distinction today because I know that, that this that Holy Spirit is a very confusing thing for some people. And I want to make this as clear as possible and as applicable as possible because I want you to understand and experience this for yourself. Because I'm telling you, when you get empowered by the Holy Spirit, you can do things that you could not do on your own. I'm a living example of this, and I understand this to the fullest, and I want you to experience it as well, because if I didn't experience it, I wouldn't be able to to help you experience it. I wouldn't believe in it. I, I would be like, yeah, I, this is what people say, but I've never experienced it. I've experienced this, and I know firsthand. I am not a gifted preacher. I'm not a gifted person to be in front of other people, but God gave me that gift through the Holy Spirit when I experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit many years ago. This was a gift God gave me, and I want you to experience that same Holy Spirit because there's gifts waiting for you. You can witness to people who don't know Jesus. You can have a very valuable part in God's family, in His church, if you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, let me clarify for you that the day you asked Jesus into your heart, God gave you the Holy Spirit to live a life that, that would glorify God. He's giving you the Holy Spirit. But, but this, what we're talking about, is a different gift. You see, when, when the disciples were meeting in the upper room, they had the Holy Spirit. God had already, I, I wish I had more time today, but you can go back and read. God had already breathed into them the Holy Spirit. They had the Spirit in them that we have on the day that we believe. But this was a, this was a sign. The day of Pentecost was a sign for us that there is more and whether you, you fully understand that or maybe you're from a different background and you just don't quite believe in, in two separate Holy Spirit encounters, I, I'm not here to argue that today. One thing we can all agree on is there is always more to the Holy Spirit than what we have accepted. And so wherever you're at in this journey, I want you just to be digging in because the Holy Spirit has more for you. We can agree on that today. But let me read to you just two particular passages in the book of Acts that, that maybe will help you to, to see what I'm talking about. You see, when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, God gives us this amazing gift of speaking in tongues. Now, it's not a language we know, but for many, when they receive this gift and they're maybe in a, in a different place and other people hear them, they, they hear that they are speaking in a language that they know. Now, for us, we don't necessarily know that, right? But in these examples, we see that when the Holy Spirit came, with it came another language. And it happened multiple times in the book of Acts. The first one, of course, was on the day of Pentecost itself. In Acts 2, 4, we read, And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. Then the same exact thing happened. Now, this first instance was with the Jewish people. Then God gave that message of the gospel to those who weren't of the Jewish descent, 
to the Gentiles, they call them, the non-Jews, those who were not supposed to be part of God's family according to the Jews, right? Then they received the gospel, and the same exact thing happened to them as happened to the Jewish people. And so in Acts 10, 44 and 46, we read, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jew, Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. And so there is a sign that when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, we get a gift of speaking in another tongue. It happens. And so wherever you're at today in this process, here's what I want you to do. Whether you want to, to, to fully understand that or not, that's up to you. You can investigate more on what the tongues side of it means. But let's put all of that aside today. What I want to go forward with with you today is a simple fact that you must do what the disciples were doing when the Holy Spirit came. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, this I know. Whether you receive the gift of tongues or you're not quite there yet, they were meeting together. They spent time together as a church family. At, well, they didn't call it a church at that time quite yet. They were just a group of followers of Jesus. Get yourself together with your church family. Read God's word. And spend time in his presence. Praying to him and letting him speak to you. That's being in God's presence. Listening. Being reflective. Reading his word. Letting his spirit Speak to you. The gift of the Holy Spirit came when the people of God met together, prayed, and read his word. You want this gift to be empowered to tell others about God, to, to experience the gift to build his church and to be a light to this world so that all can know about the goodness of God. Spend time together with your fellow followers of Jesus in his presence, reading his word, speaking to him and letting him speak to you. Do it. And whether you're of the Pentecostal background or you're conservative, or you're somewhere else, or in between. This much I know. When we get that down, the Holy Spirit moves. And then we can go forth, empowered to tell this world about the love of Jesus and the spiritual gifts that he has given us. Father, I pray for your people that they would do exactly what was laid out to us in the book of Acts. That they would be seeking you. That every day that they would, they would do what, what Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, 8. And that is to be filled with the Spirit every day. 
on a continual basis, meeting together with people who love you, spending time in your presence, reading your word, speaking to you, and allowing you to speak to them. Father, give them that passion. Give them that desire because, God, when we do that, you move. You move, and you give us power to be the church, to be an example of you to the rest of this world. And so, Father, today, will you go forward and you put that passion and that desire in every listener's heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nexus Church family, for joining us today, and we will see you again real soon.